Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Time for VUC. In our 11th year, with us on our journey this year, Simwood.com. Simwood can turn you as a developer into a telco. Greenfield Tech. Go to greenfield.tech and see how they can make your tech dreams both feasible and affordable. Our conference bridge is the best you'll ever find at zipdx.com. VUC.me is hosted on Bluehost. And our worldwide local rate dial-ins are provided by voxphone.com. Welcome to VUC 675 for December 8th, 2017. Now, here's the interesting thing about this. Um, you're still seeing that slide that says that we're going to be talking with uh, Zoa and Mira and Sala from Zoiper about Zoiper 5. But even as we speak, the slide stays up, and that's because this time I'm sending the slide and I get to keep talking because Randy has taken December off. So I will switch to me. Hi, this is Michael, um, and I'm going to allow everybody else to speak, and you can unmute, and we have Corrado and Andy and James Bodie and the team from Zoiper, and we are running Zoiper, and since this is all new to me, I'm going to ask James to take over. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Michael. And uh, you know what? I'm really excited tonight because we've got, well, virtually uh, the heart of the Zoipa crew. We've got uh, Joachim, uh, better known as Zoa to all of those out in developer land. We have the incredibly lovely. Say, say hello so we can see you in focus. Joachim, speak. Me? Yes. No, yes I, I, I thought you were announcing the next person already. Good yes, evening. No, Good evening. No, no, yeah. And uh, it's nice to see that you've, you've had your hair done specially for the VUC yes, as yes, well. Yes, yes, for the VUC, but I, I did it all for Andy, and now he's not joining us, so I'm a bit uh, disappointed. Well, he'll be back, don't worry. But uh, <laughs> okay. you have to say that you're looking particularly beautiful, but not as beautiful as the lovely Mira. Hello, Mira. Hello. I'm very excited to be here. Yes, indeed. And we're excited because we're going to get to uh, get to grips with the new, all new, well, it's not that new, in fact, Zoipa 5. Aren't we? You're supposed to say yes. Yes, James. <laughs> and, and look excited. Uh, and uh, alongside Mira, uh, for the first time on the VUC, we've got Sala. Hello, Sala. Hello, James. I'm also excited to be here. Yeah, why is it that we've never met you before on the VUC? Uh, I don't know. You should ask Joachim and Mira. Yeah, I know. They, they they lock you up in your glass cage there, and they don't let you out. That's what it exactly. is. Exactly. Even without air, I'm gonna I'm gonna open the window actually. <laughs> yeah, brave man. Anyway, back to uh, back to you, Zoa. Um, I've been using um, Zoipa Five, the the H5 beta, for some time now, um, but 
it's progressed, hasn't it? It's now got to full release version. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So um, it's been in the works for, I don't know, four years or so, a little bit longer than we were hoping for. And I think about a month ago, we released the first version and we just made an update last week uh, with some some bug fixes that we found or that we didn't discover in the beta stages, although it was a very long one. Uh, but yeah, as we said during the introduction, there's always some weird people doing weird things, like changing the settings in the middle of a call. So, um, yeah, we've been fixing those. Um, <clears throat> we have a few uh, small uh, minor bugs left and that will obviously there will be new releases in the future. But maybe I think maybe Sarah will be better suited to to give an impression of what is new compared to the Zoiper 3 or the Zoiper Classic. Um, yes, for sure. Uh, so uh, what is new in Zoiper 5? We have we have uh, Google Contacts the, uh, integration. So basically now you can uh, show your Google Contact in Zoiper. We have uh, the reverse lookup for the for external contact services like LDAP, Outlook, uh, 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 MAC address book, Windows, and uh, we have also XML service, which uh, and so on incoming call and on outgoing call we match the number with the contact from your contact list. This I think we are the only one who's doing this. Nobody I never seen a phone that can match number on incoming call. Uh, I've uh, seen an application to match the number on incoming call uh, when it is not a local uh, contact. Um, uh, what do we have also? We have also uh, XML contact service. So basically, you can have your contact on a web server or uh, locally, but it uh, should be in a specific format, and we will show the contacts in Zoiper. Uh, we have added uh, the Opus uh, wide bank codex. We and is that the, is that the full variable rate Opus, or is it fixed rate? This is the fixed the, rate, intentionally the fixed rate. The the developers didn't like the security implications of running the the, the VBR version. Okay. Though I think they're very theoretical, but um, yeah, apparently it should be theoretically possible to to map the words to the frequency of the words used in a language and deduct the call based on the packet sizes. Uh, so it's a bit it's a bit strange, but that was the reason for not doing it. Okay. And security is one of the key things, or pillars within Zoiper, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It is. At least in this version, there's uh, lots of new things coming. We'll probably be adding more. So this version also has ERTP, has SRTP, uh, TLS, obviously. Yeah, and uh, and all of that. I, I love the way it's implemented. It's one of the the most fully featured um, soft phones when it comes to security. Um, just out of interest, uh, are many people in in your experience are many people using the Z RTP or as we English would say Z RTP? I think there's very few people using it. Uh, overall, we don't we don't have a way to see what people are actually doing, but um, uh, we do not get a lot of questions. If we do get questions about it, it's more for Android. Like I have this this red lock screen that is this red lock that is open. This uh, how is it called the the I don't know how this this lock is called in English. Um, yeah, but there's a, there's an icon there. Yeah. So yeah, this, yeah. this yes. So um, <clears throat> the padlock. Yeah. So it, it, the padlock is open, and people ask us, okay, what does this mean? 
I'm not sure everybody understands how it works, and it's a bit uh, limited to who you can use it with. Like if if you connect to a random uh, SID provider, most likely you won't have TLS, you won't have ZRTP. Uh, there's lots of things you will not have with most people. If you, of course, connect to your uh, your PBX, then you might have those uh, functionalities. In my particular instance, you can see that uh, I'm using the Windows release to connect us to ZipDX. We've been connected for 25 minutes, and the statistics show us that we are actually connected in Opus at 16K, running about 41 kilobits per second. This is a nice display. This is all very straight, straightforward. Yeah, it's a very nice, clean user interface. It's a bit different. It's, it's been a bit of a gamble uh, to to change it. So most of the of the more recent applications are single single view, uh, whereas the old applications, the previous versions of Zoiper were uh, multiple panels. Um, it has its advantages. It also has its disadvantages. So we no longer have some pop-up that is hidden behind some other screen where you cannot can go to the settings because maybe the other one is open. So we don't have those things anymore. It, it looks a bit more like like the Skype or the the Facebook Messenger or the Viber uh, applications, or uh, what else do you have? Uh, there's lots of applications. Most most modern applications are written like this. It makes it a little bit easier to do cross-platform development, um, and the interface is actually just written in HTML. So this is um, it's not using Electron. When we started the project, there was no Electron. At least we didn't know about it. But so we kind of uh, did the same thing as Electron does, and, and we use a Chromium Embedded Framework to render the GUI. Now, it sounds easy, and that's also what we thought it would be in the beginning, but in the end, there's lots of unknown things happening. Like on Mac, it, it renders a bit weird sometimes, so then we had to change um, certain parameters there, etc. So it's a bit it's a bit complicated sometimes. But in the end, it looks like we got it to work. And it's actually good for accessibility. It gives us a lot more more possibilities than before. In Zoiper in, in 3, we were using WX widgets. Uh, we picked it back then because Qt was not um, uh, freely available. And uh, it, it also worked, but then you, you see things like you move it to Linux and suddenly everything is off with two pixels, and it, it's very difficult to, to get everything to work cross-platform. And this is one of the big differences with, with the previous versions. Uh, in the past, we made a Windows version, and then we kind of ported it uh, to, to uh, Linux or Mac. And this time, we started development on all the three operating systems at the same time. Yeah, that's very uh, brave. <laughs> obviously, we do have a lot more users on Windows than on the others, so the Windows version is definitely better tested than the others. Um, that, but uh, so far, it seems to be going well. That's actually one of the questions I wanted to get at, is, is uh, about how does it break down across the platforms, because you've got... Some mo- mobile platforms too. So, how much yeah, split it, between mobile and desktop and whatnot? Yeah, it's worth running through all the platforms that you now support. Um, to be honest, we don't really have good statistics on anything, uh, but I can check what I do have. Um, what can I see here? Uh, at this very moment, what I can see from the downloads is probably. Yeah, but it's, it's 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 very hard to say. I only have statistics for Zyper 5, and at the moment, 80% is mobile. But Zyper 5 is like a month old, so not a lot of people are using it yet. Mm. I think percentage-wise, the number of downloads, it's probably 50-50. Mobile, mobile versus uh, uh, desktop. We don't have any statistics on the split between macOS on, on, or, uh, or uh, Linux or Windows. Well, that, that we tells do us see. that you're not tracking things. That that 
that's very um, that's very not North American of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't we don't have a lot of of. Uh, we could probably see something on the number of downloads. I, I think we might be able to pull how many people use Windows, Mac, and Linux just based on the downloads from the web server. Uh, but not what they're actually running in the end. If somebody downloads it and then uh, uses it on a thousand different PCs, we probably wouldn't be able to see the difference. Okay. Let, let's, let's zip back and just talk very quickly about your free version, because um, most people who come in will try the free version first, won't they? Um, and then, then uh, upgrade to the pr- professional version. What's the difference between the two? Well, most of the feature, <coughs> most uh, almost everything is a, is a premium feature. Only uh, you can with the with the free version, you can only make uh, two calls, for example. You can only have one account. Uh, we don't you don't have the external contact services like LDAP, Outlook, uh, MAC address book, uh, Windows, XML uh, contact. You don't have also the uh, event rules feature, so uh, it's like it's uh, basically a call centers feature. Everything you might need to to make a telephone call to your family will be there, but if you want something more business-like, uh, like any of the of the the, the business features that. Uh, Sala has mentioned, then, then you need to upgrade. So if it's related to Outlook contacts, if it's related to opening a CRM automatically, uh, conference calls, uh, these things are, are in the premium version. Yeah, and that's where you make the money, I guess, for uh, corporate customers who want um, a very feature-rich software, which Correct, kind of yeah. bring, br- brings us on to um, the, um, the configuration functionality, because... Uh, you just look at the functionality in Zoiper 5 and it's enough to make your brain explode. There's a lot of complexity in there, a huge amount of fl- fl- uh, functionality, but a, enough complexity to uh, to completely bamboozle most normal users. So clearly the configuration, the automatic configuration of the client is going to be quite important. So tell us how you do that. Um, so in the past, normally when, when you do some configuration, um, you typically start with the host name, then you add a username and password. Now it is a bit tricky to, in, in our case, we have, um, thousands and thousands of downloads per day. So if somebody recommends a, uh, one of their users, oh, please download Zoiper and configure it that way. And they're not very clear on, on how to do it. Then we end up with getting uh, customer complaints like, oh, we have a, Error 403 or something, 401. So, for example, something wrong with the password because the people just don't understand what is the password, what is this domain, something is called host name, host name, it's SIP server, it could be anything. So we uh, looked a bit at how we could uh, reduce the questions we get from customers. And it's not very obvious that because supply, uh, providers haven't moved to it yet. But so when you when you look at Zoiper now and you would like to make a new account, um, we ask you what is your username and what is your password first. Now, if a provider provides the user with the username that is in the form of username at hostname, it's fine. They can put it there. They click on, 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 on the next page and they will. Um, uh, yeah, Michael, you probably have to go add a new account to if you want to show that one on, on the bottom left. So w- when you do that, we already know the hostname and, and we can start uh 
uh, probing probing the accounts. Like this, at least it doesn't matter if they gave uh, just a username or they put username at the host name or uh, they put a port in the back. Yeah, this is one of the attractive features. You you've got a, a whole load of intelligence in that uh, in that setup, which proves, in the end, yeah. yeah uh, at the fun. moment, we're one of the few uh, soft phones that that suppose uh, that support X. Um, we used to have XMPP, and we'll have it again in the future. Um, but normally, providers don't say, "Oh, you know, it's a SIP account." No. Most of the people, 99% of people is probably a SIP account, but we also have people still using the X account. So we just ask what is the username and password, and then we try to figure out what is being XMPP account, what is being SIP account, what is being X account. Is it using TCP or TLS or UDP? Um, when, yeah. when we do configure it, we will try TLS first, and then we'll try TCP, and then we'll try UDP. So if, if you have all three supported, uh, it will default to TLS. But yeah, we do try to have some, some intelligence there. Uh, not to have to tell the user uh, too much information on how to configure it. Okay. It's probably worthwhile just actually seeing that. I don't know. What, Michael, are you in a position to uh, put some credentials in and then kick off the uh, um, that network discovery thing? Michael, you seem to be muted. Yeah, you are. Mouth yeah, is I was, working. I was trying to be oh, there, we go. there you go. Um, uh, what I'll do is I will uh, I will uh, remove from uh, this client uh, existing. Uh, just a second. Let me get some credentials cut and paste. So, so, so whilst you're doing that, I, I'm, I'm guessing that you set it up so that it prefers TLS as the, the preferred mode of transport. Correct. Yes. Which is. Uh, which is the sen- sensible thing to do. So what I'm going to do, because I don't want to reveal too much to the great unwashed out there in the world, is um, in a text editor, I'm just going to load some credentials that are kind of throw away. Uh, and now I can switch you over to where you're seeing Zoiper on my laptop. Now, incidentally, we're also using Zoiper to connect to ZipDX. That's this call here, which remains ongoing, and there's the stats. Uh, 41 kilobits per second, that's pretty cool. We don't have a lot of Opus. Uh, ZipDX does support Opus, and so that's the first thing I tried. Uh, but we don't get a lot of people using Opus with us, because we're fundamentally a G722 shop. In any event, so if you want to walk me through this, here's what I've got. I'm looking at this, and I need a, uh, a username, which would be like a SIP account and a password. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this one, which is uh, from our friends and, and former sponsors at OnSIP. Just copy that, drop it in there, because I'm very lazy, and they're very good at giving us long passwords. I put that password in there. So that's just a SIP URI, and I say log in. And it pulled the... Uh, the domain name out of there, which is fine. And now there's this idea of an optional uh, authentication username and outbound proxy. I know yeah, that I we, need... Go ahead. We, we hit this one a little bit because most of the providers are not requiring it. So by uh, yeah, well, default, it's a bit grayed out. So people only use it if they, if they really need to. In point of fact, yeah. in, in our case, we're supposed to. Uh, and I know that it's zip.onzip.com. Um, and this is, in their instance, this is for legal intercept. It's actually not required if you're not dialing to the PSTN, but um, if you're dialing PSTN numbers, you do need it. So now it goes off, and it tests. 
And so it's it said, no TLS, no TCP. Shame on you, Onzip. What, no TLS? <laughs> tut, tut, tut. Oh, come on. Show me a PSDN provider who supports TLS out of the box. That's very few. And it's trying Eeks, but it's not going to get Eeks. We know that. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, I'll just say next. You can continue. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it now says that it's registered. Fair enough. And we can kind of prove that point by coming back here and getting out of the settings and uh, find a contact. I, I don't want to contact. I'm doing this full screen and I don't want to. Uh, second, let me get out of that. Get out of that. Get out of that. No. So I'm, avail I'm available um, as, I don't know, 007 from that. <laughs> <laughs> enough. Extension 007. And, and you are, in fact, um, ringing me now. But I just realized I can't answer it because I've got my headset is plugged into my MacBook, so I can't okay. answer it on my. Well, here's anyway, what I'm going to do then. I'm, I'm going to call Wideband Demo at uh, comp.com. That old chestnut. Oh. And you, need, you need to add SIP before. Oh, SIP to and then call, yeah. That's right. There we go, and we're in. Yeah. We have a bit of audio to sort of. Now, here's a good test. Um, when you use this and you come here, you can, you can hit uh, pound, which toggles between wideband and narrowband. Not all that useful. But if you hit two, it issues one form of reinvite, and if you hit three, and this is in fact um, the first test that I do with a new SIP uh, client because we use reinvites to move you from the IVR server to the media server for for your conference call, and I want to know if the SIP client is going to lose the media as it gets reinvited from place to place, and uh, happily Zoiper five does not. So um, the fact that we continue to hear the recording means that all is well. I'll hang up on that. So yeah, uh, so that's that's pretty slick. It is maybe slick, maybe it? something important to note. Maybe um, this is now when you're running uh, the 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 both panels, the left side, which is the contact list, and the right side, which is like a combination of history with with uh, the 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 chat messages. Yeah. Uh, you can actually use a compact version by clicking somewhere on the bottom uh, bottom left in the middle somewhere where uh, then check how it's called it's, it's under under yes okay. exactly yeah okay then go 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 to settings i know it's the same like it's compact now so right but you could yeah. always make it compact and then if you call it will be a little thing on the right so actually we could probably yeah, this is what i wanted to show yeah. actually yeah um Oh, you can collapse the. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we can do that. You can, you can, you can stop using the right side if you are not using chat, for example. Okay. And you can go to to uh, to uh, not to the theme. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then enable compact mode. Oh, I see. Okay. 
Yeah, and then uh, exit uh, to the yes, and now try it for example to click on a on a. Uh, yeah, yeah, try on. seven seven thousand, but do it in video. So this is the difference now. Instead of having the full screen uh, with all the things on the right, which is just a black screen if you're not using video. So you see a, a more compact version of, of the, the functionality. Exactly. Call rejected. Okay. You want you want me to try calling you using video? Yeah, because there's a chance that uh, I've got a I've got a video camera connected. It might may just open in that one in the previous one and inbound call allow camera. Yes. There we go. All right. Yeah, so now, now this will be interesting because I'd like to look at the statistics in this case and see what we're getting. And it's not. There's no. Yeah, there's no statistics for video yet. It's on the to-do list. Ah, oh, and oh, it's oh, only oh, showing oh, the audio. Seeing Opus at 48k, so you support Opus at multiple rates. Well, the quality's not bad, is it? Uh, so you're using VP8. Yeah, it has no. VP8 and H264. Unfortunately, you can see my mess. Officer's mess. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I never use this camera. Too messy. Anyway, that works. Um, and rather interestingly, I'm, I'm actually using uh, uh, the on-site SIP WebRTC client here. That's oh. yeah, just just like a bonus. Step. So that means uh, so that means that are we getting VP8 end to end in this instance because they're using well, it's hard, it depends what browser you're using, I guess, right? Because if you're on a Mac. It might be H.264. Well, no, this is on, on a on a Ubuntu okay. box. So it would be VP8 end to end then. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'll I'll, I'll hang that up and see what happens. Yeah. Um, a quick question: the the uh, the call recording uh, does that record video as well when you're in video? No, at, at at this moment it does not record video yet. Okay. We'll probably be adding it in the future though. Okay. Sorry to ask all the all the difficult questions. That's uh, okay. Actually, I wonder, I wonder how many people are using the video conferencing. This is something we discussed we discussed before. Um, I, I'm not sure it's all that popular still to this date uh, for for uh, business meetings. I don't know. I I rarely do it. Uh, I don't know how it's with the others in the group. Um, well, we do some video conferencing, yeah. but not a lot. Is the honest truth. Yeah, uh, in default, pretty much. For us, it is the default. Yeah, we use it all the time. So I can be rude to Andy about whether he's shaved or not. Yeah, and I, I can make comments about James's weight. Thank you. Yeah, I went to a seminar the other day, and the, the lady presenting was talking about different types of uh, uh, mobile network operator, and she described a, a term, the fat MVNO, and she looked at me, and I went, and she... she Collapse in a fit of giggles, which I thought was very, very funny. Anyway, talking about giggles, one person that we haven't really talked to so far is Mira. And what, unmute yourself, Mira. And uh, we want to know what you have been up to in, as a member of the Zoipa team, because uh, Sala and, and, and Zoa love to talk, but we love to talk to you. So what are you up to? Actually, with such a team, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> All I have to do is just sit here and wait for the guys to get the product ready. 
Our yeah. team is actually growing. Um, we're so how very many people, happy. How many people have you got now in total? Zoa, you have a better, you have an accurate number, but I'm presuming it's, it's, it's 48. No, I think it's a bit less, but it's it's 40, 45 or so, 44, something like that. Between 40 and 50 somewhere. So you, know, I, you must be do, doing something right because I, I know, having been to Sofia, there's a lot more competition for programmer programmers, um, and it's difficult to to recruit the talent and hang on to them. So you're clearly doing something right. I suppose the the, the scarcity of of the programmers is a bit everywhere already. But yeah, it also hits Bulgaria. And then 10 years ago, it used to be very easy to find a programmer here, but now it's a bit more difficult. Mm. Are there any particular verticals where you find yourself um, doing better? I mean, is it is it a medical thing? Is it a I don't know engineering thing? I, I I'm interested in the in sort of the adoption of soft phones. I I have been hearing for most of my life that the desk phone is dying. I just um, haven't seen evidence of it in my daily life. Uh, no, we do we do see yeah. <laughs> We do see that it's it's changing a bit, uh, especially the, on mobile. I think it's definitely uh, the, the mobile is replacing the desk phone. I don't think the soft phone on the PC is replacing the desk phone. I think it's more the mobile phone. Uh, the, the desk phone, it's good for somebody that is calling all the time. But you typically want to use a headset with, a desk, uh, with, with the soft phone on the PC, which makes it a bit um, difficult. If, if you don't call all the day, then you probably don't want to be using a headset because it might not be here, it might be behind the desk, might be on another desk, uh, you know. While on the mobile phone, it makes it makes more sense because your contact list is there, you know, you know how to use it, it's always there, it's it's readily available, and then it kind of makes sense because you don't have to buy an additional piece of hardware. Most people already have their own phones. and So I, I do see a difference there. Um, I think... Probably in, in call centers, it's mostly soft phones already. Uh, it, it gives them a bit more, um, makes it a bit easier to work with, I think, than, than, than with the other phones. You, they can do a lot of other things, uh, integration with the other parts, with the other softwares, mm-hmm. uh, pieces of software. So but it, it's it's evolving very rapidly, and we see soft phones in, in various shapes used in other industries as well. Um, <clears throat> We have some things in, in, in the transportation industry, for example. There's versions of of of, of Zoiber that are running on, um, on airport door shuttles, panels. door panels. Um, I think we're used in some boats. We're used on oil rigs. Uh, it's used a bit Kiosks everywhere. In hospitals. Yeah, so it's it's hard to just say, oh, this this one is moving more than another one. Um, there are just some interesting projects that that happen, and I think it's it's constantly evolving. Um, we do, for example, see a bit of a trend where uh, more call centers start to use video. Um, could be for the the the, uh, the hearing impaired, for example. Um, there's more text going on as well. I think that's uh, especially in the, in the states. There's some new requirements where the 911 has to be accessible through SMS. Um, so obviously, a call center operator has to be able to react to that as well. So th- I think that the, the the markets are changing all the time. Um, but it's very hard for us to say, okay, this one is, is more popular than the other. Because for us, they're individual projects. We don't see the, the market as a whole there. Is so it getting in, easier? Yeah. So is it easier? Is it getting easier? Is the selling of soft phones getting easier as, as we go down? Um, 
So we, we don't do a lot of effort in selling. So people just go to the website and buy it. So I, I don't know if it's harder or not. The sales are definitely upwards. So, uh, yeah, you could probably see it like that, that it, it, it might be getting easier. Or maybe we're getting more popular or we have better products. I don't know. Uh, or we are doing a better job. Yeah. Yeah. For example. <laughs> yeah. Well, talk, talk us through the, uh, the, the exciting growth bit, which is the mobile side. What features does your mobile client have that perhaps set you apart from the opposition? I think on, on, on the mobile version, um, we were launching new versions now. So the, the, for Android, we are running a beta for over a year now already. And I think maybe next week it will be released as the stable version. And this is mostly a, a rewrite of the software. So uh, on mobile, it's not so much about features, I think. It's more about keeping keeping up with the the, the possibilities of the uh, different operating systems. So like there's every six months there's a new version of iOS, there's a new version of Android, and it's different models there. I think functionality-wise, it's a bit the same everywhere. It's it's very hard to get decent quality, especially on Android. Um, but functionality-wise, I don't think there's an awful lot less to imp- uh, left to implement. There's definitely message waiting indicator that, that uh, we have for the, the big carriers, but not for normal SIP providers that we still, still want to put. Uh, on Android, we'll be making the A-Audio, which is a new audio driver, starting with Android 8. Um, aside from that, XMPP will be added as well. Uh, but all the normal functionality I mean, is there. We have video, we have encryption uh there's integration with the native dialers, with the contact lists, um, and through the, the contact list, we can also go through Exchange, etc. So, okay, with my background, clearly I've got an interest in mobile networks. Uh, are you doing anything specifically um, related to mobile network operators and IMS interoperability? Uh, yes. So we have a few. Um, Pro, uh, projects in uh, that are uh, in production already. There's a few more where it's in, in the development, um, where we kind of uh, try to make it easier to interconnect with uh, Voltifons. So we uh, implement a little bit more on the client side, so the people on the server side don't have to. Like we do SMS over IP, we do the preconditions part. Um, what else do we have for those? We do um, file transfer with MSRP. We do uh, multi-party chat with MSRP. Um, okay. Are you doing the quality of service tagging as well? Do you do that? No, we don't do quality of service tagging. Okay. Because usually for the mobile operators, they can they can do it without that. And for the other people, I don't think it is practically usable at this very moment. Meaning if you do it on Windows, you don't have access in, uh, over it. Um, unless you you fool around with the domain controller settings. So on, from the from from our point of view, on the desktop there's nothing left for us to do, and I think on the mobile it's not being respected anyway. Okay, well it's something we used to use in the in a previous life. We used to uh, improve the quality of our voice calls just by uh, manipulating the diff serve tags, uh, mm-hmm. but but that's not the same as IMS quads, I understand. But anyway, um, so we're, we're going to be in a position soon where, where you, you will be able to take your Zoipa soft phone and place a Volti call directly to a Volti handset with, uh, without anything getting in the way. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yes, well, depending on the provider you're working with, but there are several operators where you can do exactly that. And it's, it's in, in, in the case of Zoiper, it's mostly used um, to offer an alternative for the people that uh, have a handset that does not support Voltaire or where the support is a little bit flaky, and that seems to be 99% of the people at the moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, th- those people... Uh, we have some customers that that uh, uh, mobile operators that, for example, only have a, a 4G uh, data license, so they don't have any way to do audio except if they use Volte or if they use um, an over-the-top application like ours. So they do a little part with the, the two or three handsets that they get uh, working with, with a lot of help from the manufacturers with custom firmware, and everything else is, is running Zoiper. So you can actually cheat it, I guess, and, and use Zoiper as a, as a less complicated way of achieving voice over Wi-Fi. Um, Correct. So you, yes. so you don't have to go off to Apple and buy a hundred thousand uh, iPhones. Yeah, it's not just voice over Wi-Fi. It's also the the, the voice over LTE. It, it, it's it's more than voice over Wi-Fi, I think, because like this, the operator already controls the the, the data connection. They don't have to deal with uh, maybe something wrong with the access point where they don't control it, where maybe you're out of range. Uh, at least if they if they have data with LTE, they know exactly what's going on. They can prioritize the traffic and like this, it's worked well. Yeah, it's an exciting area. And I'm guessing that uh, certainly the iOS version, you'll have the call kit integration. So all the calls appear on Zoopa, from Zoopa appear in the call record. Is that right? Uh, we do have we have call kits and we have push uh, support, but so far it's only been for the white label customers. Uh, okay. The reason being the complication of setting up a push server uh, without you having to intercept every single call for the for the user. It, well, not in, just intercepting the call, but intercepting the, the the user credentials. Now we do have something coming there, so we we did make some sort of a server where we. Um, around the calls, but without having to to store the the user credentials, because we really don't want to do that. We don't want to store the credentials for uh, a few million people on one server. I think would be a very welcome target for uh, for us to to play with. Well, it's not the place to do it. it. That sort of thing really ought to be in the in the PCRF and HSS within the mobile network network. I think. So this this is what we do for the for the the white label customers. It's easy because we they can put the 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 things that need to be done on the server side on the server side, and we do the same on the client side. So everything works. But the 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 application is linked directly to the server certificate at that point. So we could not offer push and let everybody use that push server without changes on the server, unless we we route the call somehow. So something's coming there in the next weeks. Indeed. Anyway, I'm, I'm just looking at the IRC. We've got a number of questions popping up for you, so I better we better get into those. Uh, dear old Dan Jenkins, the nimble ape, would uh, would like to know what's the benefit of me using Zoiper rather than the SIP client built into the Android dialer? Um, I yeah, I think on Android, the, not every phone has the native dialer, plus the the native SIP dialer, plus I think the, the, the functionality is a little bit limited in terms of supported codecs, etc. In some cases, you might get better audio quality with Zoiper as well. And of so, course, Zoiper, you get video as well. So uh, You get video, you get a little bit more functionality too, I think. And, you know, you have Eeks in Zoiper, so if you want to do some tricky stuff, talking back to your asterisk box somewhere, there you go. Yeah, too. 
Okay. And we've got uh, Kathleen from the Free Switch team um, stating that she prefers soft phones to to hard phones. Well done. <laughs> I, I can get myself into uh, big, big trouble there. Um, what else? Uh, Dan Jenkins again uh, states that life in WebRTC land sucks right now, to be honest. Well, uh, to be honest, we, we are also doing some WebRTC. So um, what are you doing in the web, web RTC space? So everything you saw in the desktop version, uh, we have a web version that is identical to that. Uh, so you could have exactly the same interface running in, in your Chrome and make calls like that. Um, now, we made that to work, I think, maybe two years ago. Uh, and now we are upgrading. We, we kind of set it aside to focus on the release of Zyper 5. And now we're merging back all the changes. And since then, WebRTC has changed a lot. So... We, we need to get back to that. So I think the interface is working in, but there's something going wrong with the call. So but I do expect to have something there soon. Okay. Because, yeah, WebRTC is one of those interesting areas where people get, got hugely uh, excited, then realized how much complexity there is associated with WebRTC and kind of backs off back into their safe little silos again. I'm a little bit worried with WebRTC because we're completely at the mercy of the browser uh, vendors. So if they decide to push some update or something goes wrong, then we can't really control anything. Like we, we can't really say, oh, the quality was not good. Oh, we'll try to fix it. We'll make some changes. Indeed. We can't really do that. It's tricky as, as you're so fond of saying, things Chrome broke this week. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So but if, if you have... a a hundred thousand customers using that, and then that week you get all these emails, uh, and it might be something as simple as oh please use this version or or don't use it like this or or change this setting. But if you have to do that for a couple of hundred thousand people, it's probably not so pleasant. In in our case, we have a lot of free users that we also try to help where possible, but it's a significant efforts that that go into that. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Anyway, um, what else we got? Corrado, Corrado, you've got some comments about um, client PBXs, haven't you? Uh, well, no, I, I because the the uh, the client can use IAX that is native to um, Asterisk and is also very good to go through NAT because it uses just one port. Uh, that is a, a very interesting, a very uh, welcome proposition. So uh, it's also very good for um, roaming clients and workforce that is on the field. Uh, you can open uh, the IAX port with very little uh, concerns uh, about getting hacked, also because okay. of the security itself of the IAX protocol. So, uh, again, good, good, yeah. good move. Oh, yeah, a quick uh, explanation for the uninitiated. IAX, or EX, as it's pronounced, is Inter-Asterisk Exchange Protocol, which, uh, unlike SIP, which uses uh, both, a, uh, separates the signaling and the media into two different streams, EX uses everything over one port, which makes firewall and NAT traversal much, much easier. Um, and it was popular, it used to be very popular, well, about eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Zyper, Zyper started as, a, as an X-only phone. There was no SIP in the beginning. 
uh, and back then it made perfect sense because the the internet connectivity uh, was quite expensive and then with X you could do trunking so you would uh, save a lot of the overhead by by bundling multiple poles together and, and, and just have one header for all the for all the the RTP equivalent of audio um, nowadays uh, I think it's used a bit less maybe uh, but I think it's probably uh, it's very easy for the NAT. It's easy for the desktop. On the mobile, it's a bit more difficult because it's using UDP instead of TCP, which is a bit harder to to uh, have a decent battery life with, at least for incoming calls. Yeah, indeed. And of course, it was uh, my my US brother, the indomitable and even larger than me, Ed Guy, who was largely responsible for for formulating the uh, the RFC for X2. I miss him because so I come back, Ed. Wherever you are. Anyway, changing the subject, let's talk about. I, I know that Andy has got some burning uh, observations about the uh, the Windows client, and, and in in fact, um, Andy, you ran into some rather interesting installation problems, didn't you? Well, I, I, I did, yes, um, but they were easily explained. So I shall give give the the, uh, the gentleman the opportunity to explain once again. Um, so I installed the 32-bit version. And then I overwrote it with the 64-bit version and said 64-bit version didn't function. But we know why, don't we, Zoa? Yes. So it seems if, if you change the versions uh, quite rapidly, that there is some caching going on within Windows for the 32-bit DLLs in your case. And the moment you overwrite them, um, Windows will still be loading the old versions. So you have a 64-bit product that is trying to load 32-bit uh, DLLs, which obviously is not going very well. <laughs> so if you reboot your PC, the problem is gone. I think you might also be able to, to uh, restart some service in Windows that takes care of the caching. Uh, but we'll probably have to either change the names uh, for the DLLs between 32 and 64-bit or, or store them in a different folder or so uh, to make this not happen anymore. That restarting Windows is much, 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 much easier than trying to restart any service on Windows. So that restart <laughs> probably, yeah, but, but I don't good. like to have the the the, the pop up at the end of an installation. Oh, please restart your PC, because in most of the cases it's not necessary to do that. So, well, so if yes. we can solve it in a different way, it would be nice. Okay, so uh, if, if it came up with with a a, a message saying uh, please. please Start this service, or press this button to restart this service and fix your problem. That would be good. But to be honest, restarting uh, Windows is happens all the time anyway. And to be to be entirely honest, restarting Windows once in a while is always good. In fact, it's desirable. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's my only real observation. Uh, aside from that, and the fact that uh, I can't seemingly manage to get my co- combination right to, to log into OnSIP, um, this is my my only observation thus far. I have actually uh, had, had Swiper Five running on the Android um, beta for some some while, so I'll uh, I must uh, update that and give that a go as as, as well. Yeah, um, I think if you wait another week, it will be released as a stable. I think. Okay, um, but I have today, yesterday actually updated uh, my my Nexus 5X to uh, Android 8.1, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how well it works under 8.1. I think there's also in 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 a couple of months probably by the time QA and and, and all the testing and beta testing is done, there is a complete rewrite coming for iOS as well that looks a bit more modern uh, and is written in Swift instead of Cocoa. 
has been going on for quite a while as well. Uh, and I think in the near future we'll also have the the new family of SDKs coming out that are a bit um, easier to use, a bit higher level uh, than the older versions. You have been busy, haven't you? You really have been busy. We've been very busy. I mean, we, we, we've been working very hard for the last couple of years, but we, we didn't really release anything. So uh, people might ask, okay, what's happening there? Did you stop development? But uh, to rewrite a product that is as complicated as a SIP client, um, it's a lot of work. And in our case, well, most of the products took, uh, what is it, Android 3 years or so, uh, desktop 4. And it's it's the last 5% that is taking <laughs> most of the work. Yep. As usual, I guess. Well, hopefully, in the, in the, coming, weeks, the coming weeks, you'll start to see um, or maybe get a lot more feedback as the uptake of version 5 um, trickles out across the user base. Um, what's mm-hmm. the um, what's the upgrade plan? How does it work? I mean, we, we come to this a little obtusely. Uh, how does it work if you're running the prior versions and you're, you're upgrading? Is, uh, what are the economics of that? Yeah, so if, if you... Um, you want to take this one, Mira, or shall I do it? Okay, so if you, if you bought uh, a Zoiper in, in the last six months, uh, you will get a free upgrade to the latest product. And if you have an older version, then uh, it's you get a 30% discount for Zoiper 5. Now, there will uh, Zoiper 3 doesn't stop working. It will keep working, and we'll probably have a couple more upgrades there. But uh, we will not do major uh, new developments on, on Zoiper uh, 3 anymore. Meaning it, we won't we won't suddenly add wideband to it, or we won't add uh, remote desktop uh, remote uh, the desktop sharing to it. Um, this functionality will go into Zoiper 5. So Actually, I, I think yeah, all new functionality will go to Zoiper 5. Yeah, uh, we will just stop uh, updating uh, the previous uh, uh, products. It will go into bug fixes only. Yeah, and certainly if you want the latest and greatest. Uh, um, mobile functionality and compatibility going forward, you're going to have to go to, to Zoiper 5, aren't you? Well, on, on, the, on, the, on the mobile, it's, it's, uh, it's all, all the upgrades are for free. And actually, this, this, I think, so far is the first time we, we charge for an upgrade in the 14 years of our existence. So, so far, if you bought something 14 years ago, then you could still get the latest version from uh, the latest release for Zoiper 3. And well, you still can. But with Zoiper 5, uh, we decided not to do that anymore. I imagine. Yeah. I mean, there's so much change in the underlying code base that it's at some point it's it's a you know a wholly new product. Then this one is actually a completely new product. So there's not a single line of shared code for the interface, at least. Um, the SDK we use is is a, a let's say an, an an evolution on on the previous ones, but the interface is completely rewritten. There's nothing nothing that is the same. Very cool. Do you have a roadmap for new features and a timeline? Uh, a timeline, uh, not so much. We do have a lot of things we want to add. So the, the first things that are going to be added is the the new APIs. Um, so we used to have a COM API on Windows only. Now we will have a WebSockets API on all the different platforms. So you will be able to control it directly from your browser if you want to. Um, but you, obviously you could also use some other application to control it, but that's also going to work on Linux, going to work on Mac. And then um, desktop sharing is coming. Just need some finishing touches. Uh, XMPP will be added again. We dropped it for the initial release. Uh, what else do we have going on? Uh, I think those are the bigger features. 
will probably be focusing more on integration with with uh, other other products. We'll check what other things we have. You have any any new things coming up, Salah? Well, we have uh, improvement for for what we have currently. For example, we want to add a restriction so the administrator can be can restrict uh, some settings to the user from the from the configuration file. Um, we want we want to have. Uh, Currently, I'm checking the Salesforce, uh, possible Salesforce integration. Um, other than other than that, it will be for the for the long run. Actually, yeah. it will not be anytime soon. There's a few more tiny bugs that we also found, like. Uh, on some versions of Linux, the the icon is missing. Uh, it's working fine, but the icon is missing. So there's some some little bugs we still have to fix. Um, I think on on Mac, if you change the resolution, uh, there might be something going wrong. So I think there will be some more bug fixes and some more uh, new functionality coming soon. On on which uh, kind of um, user interface for for Linux? Because I'm using KDE and the it's, I think it was uh, Fedora, Fedora 26, something like that. No, I'm, I'm talking about GNOME or KDE or, or uh, any I'd, other. I'd, I would have to look at the bug report to, to know exactly on which one we had a report like that. Because yeah. KDE is working perfectly. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what window manager they were using. Uh, we'd have to look at the tickets. Okay. okay. Another quick question. What are you doing about G729 codec now that it's um, deemed to be virtually license free? Um, we'll probably start moving it to, to be free. Um, at the moment, we still don't because it, it's, it's more extra work for us to, to now make it free again. Uh, but I think on, on the mobile, it will probably end up uh, being in the free version. Brilliant. Because we, we try not to promote it. I think people should not use G729 unless they really have to. I don't see big advantages in using G729. Um, it's the same people. People still ask us if we have support for Speaks, for example. Why bother with Speaks? If, if you have a server that is doing Speaks, it probably can do Opus as well. So and then people should use Opus if they can. But, you know, it's it's the G729. It's a bit of a marketing thing. Um, there's been better codecs for another for for ten years or so, but people still. I suppose it's because of the hardware uh, support. Yeah, the problem with G729 is hardware support across all that legacy infrastructure, right? And and uh, if you're, it's still in demand if you're buying gray routes to distant places. So that's, mm-hmm. but that's just. Yeah, I, I'm the only word. That, it's nasty. It's just nasty. Yeah, I have um, a big big issue with it because uh, G729 always has had problems transcoding um, to AMR, which, of course, is what all the, uh, all the mobiles tend to use. And yeah. so mm-hmm. if, you, if you want a guaranteed uh, lump of uh, transcoding distortion, use G729. Guaranteed every time. Yeah. Well, it's not just that, though, is it? It's, it's because it's a low, uh, low bitrate codec. Both are low bitrate codecs, so transcoding between them is going to be extraordinarily lossy. Yeah, but yes. but you can transcode between uh, Opus at comparable bit rates and get better results. Yeah, from like from G711 to Opus at that kind of a bit rate is dramatically better. Okay, I accept that. However, we are talking 
as we've already said, 10 years difference in terms of uh, cohort development. Yes, yes, indeed. Well, you need to to question why G729 has been put now in, on public domain or, or free. Uh, it's practically dead. That's probably why. Should have been I, mean, I, don't th- I don't think it's dead at all. It's just that the patents expired, and that, that's why it went to public domain. Um, they... They they made back their invest, investment uh, a thousand times over. Oh, yeah. the, license, the licensing fees for G729 they were not cheap. I mean, for every for every copy, it's it's it was a lot of money to be paid. Yeah. Um, yes. And I mean, it's it's not a lot of code. Uh, it's very outdated. I don't know when they when 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 was G729 created? The first parts probably well over 20 years ago. Well, it's time Would to kill, know, it, like, kill, it, kill it off. We ought not to be talking about it because it's a it's a horrible codec. Yeah. So. Yeah, we all we all love Opus. <laughs> we do love Opus. Uh, it's approaching the top of the hour, so we we, we really ought to start wrapping up. But before we do, uh, when are we going to see you out and about? And in particular, have you heard about ComCon, Dan Jenkins' event next summer? Mira, are you coming to ComCon? I've heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> and are you um, going to come? The venue is lovely. It's and it's in June. It's not. It's not in October like all the other conferences. So they actually yeah. might have good weather in June as well in London, uh, in, in the yeah. UK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A word about the the venue there. It's. It's halfway between Heathrow and Gatwick Airport, so to the south of London, but in the country. And it's a large Georgian-style kind of country home. And the idea is that everybody converges on there, and it's an all-inclusive conference. So um, you know how, if you're in Chicago or Orlando or something like that, people tend to wander off and do their own thing. But in the case of ComCon, everybody will be stuck in one beautiful setting. And the idea is to make it really memorable. Um, we're looking at all kinds of uh, interesting things um, to add to it. So like the Sipsmith cocktail bar and and other things, which we all not to talk about because uh, just in case they don't don't happen. Yeah, don't jinx but, it. Uh, yeah, but we're all aiming to be there. And yeah. we think it would be a really good idea if... Uh, if Joachim and Mira and Sila as well, they, they ought to let you out. Yeah, for actually, for us, it's actually not that far away to go as well. So no, it's uh, flying into flying into Get- Gatwick is quite easy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as you fly into Gatwick and not Stansted, as you did last time. Oh, crazy, poor old Andy had to go and pick you up, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much, Andy. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> thank, thank you for going back by train. anyway so uh so you are you don't have to uh, answer now but it would be really 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 great to see try to make it happen yeah and uh, try to make it happen and so you need to have a little bit of downtown downtime every now and then Uh, yeah i know i know and i think comcom will be marginally less dangerous than than having you on the ski slopes yeah, we'll see. Well, maybe if I go skiing next uh, next month, then you'll see me no, next month with uh, a wheelchair again. No, don't do it. 
far too dangerous. Anyway, uh, we're we're actually smack on the top of the hour. So, um, Michael, I think it's probably about time for you to do the wrap. Well, I was going to ask Dan Jenkins if he wanted to join us or just. Uh... I already asked him. He said he said no because he's wearing a coat. Oh, okay. Well, so it goes. I think so it is. It it makes him a bit look look a bit like Paddington Bear as opposed to a nimble ape. A... Uh, he's got oh, heating right. out, out in his new office then. <laughs> well, he has the same problem I do in that it gets chilly, and you know, if you don't actually have real heating systems, you get into a problem. In any event, let, send, we will. Send, we will. He, he just said, send me a link. Uh, so okay. I'm going to put this link. Actually, no, I'll send him it directly. Yeah. Yeah. So very quickly, because we're running out of time and. Because we lose the satellite in three minutes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the recording costs so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's been a bit obtuse, and I'm a little bit out of sorts not having Randy. Uh, this is the the first call in – there might have been one earlier this year where we didn't have Randy, but, uh, you know, he's kind of the anchor, and uh, we need yeah, to we, acknowledge uh, yeah, that. Yeah, we, we certainly miss him, don't we, when he's not around. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, He's probably spying on us anywhere. He's probably just uh, visiting as a guest. Yeah, how Michael is doing as a a new host. I think he thinks that you know I'll I'll show them. They won't be able to pull this. There's probably an element of that too. He he did say he he did say something about taking December off and then wandered off and and it was like oh well I I wasn't really sure what that meant but here we are just the same. Is that Nanook of the North? I see, or is that Dan Jenkins? It's cold. It's cold here too, Dan. I'll give you that. You don't often see me in a coat either. I, it's like the end of the day, so I don't want to heat my office up for no reason. Oh, you're just so cost-effective. Well, we've already done the the big ComCon push, but since you're the man in charge, what what do you have to tell us? How's it going? Going good. Um, the call for papers closes on the 22nd of December. Oh no! Oh no! Oh, quick! So, I must get my talking quickly. Um, if you want to speak at ComCon, um, you need to get your talking for the 22nd of December, so that I can read proposals over Christmas, which sounds uh, really, really sounds fun. Like a and idea. you've got a, a kind of a super duper link for that. You're using a system to collect proposals, which is yeah, so, typically, so um, typically you, really, isn't it? Yeah, you can go to papercall.io forward slash. Comcom dash 2018. Go to comcom.xyz and it's at the top. Um, so yeah, go there. Um, you can obviously come and buy your ticket on comcom.xyz. Um, and we are still looking for sponsors too. So, um, if any viewers are interested in sponsoring Comcom, then, uh, that the details are all on the website. And the sponsor rates are not, not hugely overpriced, are they? And and of course you, you get you get you, you get free tickets. With so yeah, it's a, because it's a different type of conference where your conference ticket includes accommodation. Um, your sponsorship also includes accommodation. So um, unlike, unlike many other unlike, unlike many other conferences. Sponsorship does not automatically guarantee you a speaking slot, though, does it? No, it definitely does not. Um, I was talking to Simon Weirhead about this the other, the other day. I was like, have you put in your talk yet? And he was like, no. Um, 
and he joked around thinking that he might have a sweetness luck. He, he knew that he didn't have a sweetness luck. No, if you are a sponsor, you do not get a sweetness luck. You have to put in a talk just like everyone else. Quite right, too. Anyway, I think... <laughs> Thank you, Nanook, from uh, from your place in the, in the North Pole. I, I think that about wraps it all. Uh, so uh, thank you, Mira. Thank you, uh, Joachim. And thank you, Selov. Hopefully they will let you out to come and play with everybody. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> if not at uh, ComCom, hopefully we'll see you uh, in Berlin for Kama Elio World, which is the other really good place to, to get out and be seen. Anyway, thank you. Th- thank you for joining us. Um, thank you for having us. You're very welcome. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.